Hello, welcome to Corridor Podcast. I'm here at Mob Town Studios with Al Shipley, a music journalist and member of Western Blot. Today we're going to be talking about his top 10 list for 2012. You know, it's always kind of a tradition to have year-end lists, so I hope you don't mind me asking you to, to come up with yet one more. Oh, it's no problem. <laughs> well, thank I you make s- many, many lists every year now. It's mm-hmm. kind of gotten ridiculous. Well, thank you so much for coming down. To start off with, let me ask you about the year in music in Baltimore. If you had to sum it up in one word, what would that be? Mm, one word. Now that's hard. Uh, <laughs> you can use more than one. I mean, you can always... <laughs> This it's hard to say because this year doesn't feel too different from previous years where there's just a lot going on at kind of every level of every scene where I mean I would just say I'm busy just because there's there's just so many people now in town where it's like you know and every time a venue closes a venue opens every time one great band breaks up those people go on to do something else so it's like it, it it feels like the momentum that we've had the last few years is just still going strong, which is great. Uh, so were there any new groups that you liked this year? Uh, well, yeah, when we did the Best of Baltimore show in the city paper this year, uh, the the band that I that I really uh, championed that I wanted to get in there for the best new band was uh, Crimes, who just put out a 7-inch, uh, like just, I think, a week or two back, uh, called Meetsy, and it's, I think their third kind of single EP but they're like really great just power trio kind of post-punk kind of thing but really really strong songwriting I just I'd seen them live I I think uh, a year or two back and been following them so I was, I was happy to be able to get them a little bit of publicity there because because again I mean like not not to say that I'm like going against the tide of other people in city paper but I'm always like trying to find something that no one else at the paper or any of the freelancers are writing about and, you know, sometimes you have to go upstream, and when they go for a more popular choice, you understand, especially with the Best of Baltimore stuff. But oh, yeah. it's fun to get, you know, someone that you've been really been impressed with and kind of get get them out there like that. So that was cool. And it's good to see the post-punk is still around, <laughs> still relevant. Okay, well, let's get to your list. What's the first song that you'd like to present? I wanted to play a song from Among Wolves, which was really, I think, my favorite uh, Baltimore album of the year. Uh, they had us. Uh, the their album was called uh, "This Is a Wave Goodbye," and basically they're another band that I had just seen live before uh, hearing hearing on record, which I feel like is one of my favorite things about being being in this scene is just a lot of people just play out a lot before they even put out a record. I mean, they had they had a record years and years ago, but uh, this record had been just in the works for the longest time, and I think those guys just uh, worked their asses off on it. And we're just trying to get it together. And they're a really interesting band because they have like multiple singers and songwriters, and they do so many different kinds of songs well. So that's why it was hard to pick. I mean, I picked the song Trigger, and actually, I think in one of your previous podcasts, you did uh, 3 a.m., which mm-hmm. is one of one of our favorites, uh, one of my favorites. And I know Matt too uh, at here at Mobtown Studios, and I think we're talking to them about uh, uh, using that for a compilation or something. Oh, that'd be um, great. Yeah, which. That should be coming out soon in the new year too. That's one thing we've been working on, which which should be fun. Uh, but but it's funny because with uh, Among Wolves, I actually I kind of exchanged pleasantries with them online before. And then last night, uh, again the small world of Baltimore's where everyone's playing together. Uh, one of the guys who I had asked to open the show, Bryson Dudley, it turned out that last year he joined Among Wolves, which I didn't even realize. And two of his backing musicians, when he plays solo are also from Among Wolves, so it was cool to like, actually meet those guys and hang out with them a little bit, uh, especially after really enjoying their record and their shows. So yeah, this song is called Trigger. Alright, let's take a listen. There's a trigger in my heart Ain't a chance for believing The cigarette is bleeding it's the way that she walks, it's the way that she walks, and she'll never be again. The way the eyes stop and look at them. Everybody got them, everybody got them, everyone, everyone, nobody can be
that was Among Wolves, Trigger. And uh, so the next song you have on your best of list is War on Women. Do you want to talk a little bit about that song? Sure, yeah. Um, War on Women is a band with uh, people from a few different bands, uh, mainly uh, Shona Potter and uh, Brooks Harlan from Avec, who were a really great band. I mean, I guess they're kind of on hiatus while they're doing War on Women. I'm not sure like, if, that, if that band is like a done deal or not. Uh, but Avec was a really cool. Just did you ever hear them? No, not yeah, yeah. They they kind of I wouldn't even want to pigeonhole them, but they were very like they had a little bit of the post punk thing. They would have different time signatures, but Shauna Potter has this really amazing voice. They do this very very cool like brooding, brooding heavy kind of stuff. Uh, and I'd actually uh, talked to Shauna about doing something for for my record, and she had come into a song that uh, I haven't released yet. Uh, at which we could like meet her and hang with her a little bit and, and, and do some work with her. And she was saying, oh, I have this new band, War on Women, you should come check it out. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and the way she described it to me, uh, I, you know, where it was like a kind of feminist punk, punk thing, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. But, you know, it's like, I, th- I think of Avec as being a really creative, great band. And I thought, like, oh, maybe they're just kind of doing something kind of hardcore, kind of kind of almost like a throwback thing or something. And I saw War on Women, and they just blew me away, because it's like the heaviest thing I've ever heard. Wow. Like, they like they really describe themselves as, like, I think, Bikini Kill with, with early Metallica. And that's kind of how it is, <laughs> where it's just, like, really in your face. And, uh, like, this song uh, I'm going to play, Ephemomania, it's really... And there's a, there's a great video they shot for it on YouTube, too, that I'd just seen recently that I didn't realize they shot. And it looks great. It really captures the band's energy live. Uh, but I mean, like, just really aggressive, both musically and just like what she's putting into these songs. It's, I, you know, I don't want to say it's like radical feminism or something, but it's like really just like stating this stuff uh, in very stark terms and like not being afraid to like say something that's really going to kind of make the, the hairs on your neck stand up kind of thing. So that was really cool. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, this year was really a year when I, because I started playing in a band again, which I hadn't done in many years, and started playing with some people that I really liked. And so it was, it was like when I when I did my top ten list for the city paper, and asked for like the locals, I, I, I gave them my my conflict of interest-free uh, top ten. Because I was like, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, oh, you should uh, put these, these people I kind of know or have worked with in the list or whatever. But, uh... Uh, which again, it breaks my heart because it's like I want, you know, I want to, I want to have it both ways. But I know as a journalist, you want to kind of keep separation of church and state a little bit. Yeah. Um, but like with with stuff like uh, War on Women, like I wrote the like a little press bio for them to use, just because like when I work with people, if I can't like write with, write write about them, I'll be like, you know, I could at least you know lend them some kind of uh, favor with with what I can do as a writer. Um, but yeah, just. Uh, Really, really cool band, and like they got some press, some good press this year because they uh, and when there were the whole Pussy Riot uh, protests and stuff, and there was a big one in D.C. where they played, and I think they got like an, a really nice mention in Pitchfork for that. Uh, so, so yeah, this is War on Women, songs called Ephemomania. <laughs>
Okay, that was a Feminomania by War on Women. You mentioned that you really were kind of blown away by War on Women's live show, mm-hmm. and Among Wolves is also a great, great live band. Yeah. Uh, so how important do you think that playing live is when you're making your best of list for the year? I, I use I probably won't do it this year because I just didn't see enough shows, but I'd like to do, like, you know, best shows I saw lists, too, and I did that especially for the Vermont City Paper I was doing for the online site, uh, the Noise Blog. I, I do, like... 50, 60, 70 live reviews a year, and after I had a son, uh, and who's now three, I, I definitely uh, kind of reduced the amount of nights I spend out, just because, you know, especially when the baby's up early, it's kind of like, even if, even if everything's okay at home, it's kind of like, it just, it's punishing yourself to stay out late too okay. often. Uh, so, but I mean, I still, you know, I love, I love, again, it's like, for me, so many of my favorite musical experiences have been seeing a band live for the first time and not knowing what to expect, just, you know, seeing a name on a flyer like they're opening for someone that you already know. Uh, I feel like so many of the bands, especially in Baltimore, that I really feel a great fondness and uh, loyalty towards are the bands I saw live. I was just like, yeah, this is, you know, they might make a great record, they might not, but it's all there. They can play it on stage. That, that to me, I feel like, you know, it, it doesn't really reflect... Uh, Necessarily, like I'm not going to put someone with a great live show and a crappy record on a top ten list of, of records, um, but I feel like you know, more often than not, I mean, it's it's I feel like it's more common to make a great record and not be able to play it live sure. than to be able to play live really well and then just screw it up on record. Although there have been instances throughout history of great live bands who just couldn't get together in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, go, getting back to your list, uh, next you have uh, Dave Fell. So tell me a little bit about the song you want to play by him. Uh, Dave Fell uh, is this musician who really, I didn't really know too much about until pretty recently, which is funny because I had heard bands he was in. He, I think he played in Adventure, and he played in uh, this band White Life, who made one of my favorite records of last year. Uh, uh, this guy, John Ehrens, who does a lot of different songwriting projects, and this one called White Life that was very, like, kind of pop and funky and a little, like, you know, soul kind of thing and uh, Dave Fell actually played like bass on that and it has great bass lines on the record. I didn't realize recently that he also did this solo stuff uh, uh, this uh, Baltimore DJ uh, Schwartz from Deep in the Game uh, had just mentioned this to me and I was like, I was, I really, literally just went on Twitter I was like, there are any records I missed this year recommend me stuff and that was one of the ones he recommended me that was really cool and, uh, and I checked it out and I was like, yeah this guy's super fucking talented uh, and basically, the, uh, Dave Fell, I mean, I'm not sure uh, where he's originally from, but he put this thing on Bandcamp where he basically said, I've lived in Baltimore for three years, and I had worked on all this music, and I hadn't put it out, so I just want to put it out there, because it, it, you know, it's been, I guess, sitting on his hard drive, um, and put out this little cassette earlier this year, uh, and also put it digitally on Bandcamp. And so it's just called Baltimore Backlog, and it's just all these solo recordings he's been doing for, I guess, the last few years. And really amazing stuff. Like he, you know, I guess he plays keyboards and bass and does like drum machine stuff. And he has just a great voice, good ear for hooks. I mean, a little bit's like rough and lo-fi, but obviously, you know, he's literally like he put unfinished stuff on unfinished tracks on this record, but it holds together pretty well because there's a mix of very finished songs like this one that I'm about to play, and ones that are a little more, you know, lo-fi or experimental or kind of messing around with drum machines and stuff. It's always kind of a risk because sometimes you want to put something out there just to see what the reaction is, even though it might not be as polished as you'd like. Okay, well, let's take a listen to Dave Fell.
come and live with me Want you to do everything with me That was Dave Fell, Bad Scene. So next on your list, you have DDM and Rai Rai, Click Pow. Um, so why why pick that song? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I cover a lot of uh, hip-hop and Baltimore Club music and, and that stuff. And uh, and so I definitely wanted to get some of that in there. And this was one of the more interesting releases of the year, I thought, was uh, this guy DDM. Uh, but basically... Um, Years and years ago, there was this uh, the, this regular rap battle at uh, the Five Seasons venue uh, called Style Wars, and for a while, I mean, like, I feel like Baltimore has a very good battle rap history, just that was how a lot of guys honed their skills and got known in the scene, and uh, there was this there was this kid, Midas, who I think was, he was pretty young when he first started, like, winning some of these battles, like, he was probably, like, 19 or something. I feel like when I met him, he was he was pretty young. But, like, five or six years ago, I'd, I'd seen him and, and I, like, wrote about one of his records. And then, like, at one point, he uh, he asked me about, like, you know, I think writing a bio or something. Like, you know, you need, like, a press press, press one sheet or something. Uh, so I met with him and talked to him. And it's just, like, a really good guy, a really smart guy. Uh, and you can kind of tell. He was very different for, for, for a battle rapper just in the sense that he, like, he was having fun with it, like, he would, he would be, like, insulting guys mercilessly, but in a way that was funny, and didn't seem, like, mean, it was just kind of, like, having fun with it, and having fun with the form of battle rap, uh, and he would, like, he would, like, dance while he was rapping, he would just really, like, I mean, he's kind of a big guy, and he just kind of, like, he had that, he, he carried himself in that way, the crowds loved him, uh, and when I sat down with him, and I, I think I kind of flaked out, or, I don't know, we never... We never got a bio together like we were talking about, but you know we had a nice time like just kind of talking. Um, and then a couple of years later, he had kind of gotten with uh, a different label than he had been with at the time. Uh, this this group of guys called Mania Music Group, and I did a lot of uh, writing about them. When it was uh, him and a couple other rappers, uh, Kane Mayfield and uh, Ron G, and a couple of producers. And I'm, I'm really proud of stuff that I, I wrote about them because I really feel like I helped them get some exposure and scene, which a lot of times I write stuff that I really feel passionate about and doesn't seem to really affect people's careers, which is fine, but but it's nice when it does feel like it helps some, get someone out there and helps define who they are to the public. Um, it kind of validates what you're doing. Yeah, it? yeah. Well, I mean, sure. it's like, I, I kind of feel like sometimes the the the, the work of, of music criticism has, has become glorified PR to an extent where it's like, you know, a lot of it's about people seeing how much buzz they can get for their favorite people or whatever, which, I mean, like, you know, obviously you want to do that, but it, it almost becomes kind of beside the point, um, which is weird to me. But it's it's great when I can kind of feel like I'm, I'm helping people get out there who deserve to be out there. Um, but, yeah, like, I feel like uh, this guy, this guy DDM, who used to be just called Midas, when he got with Medium Music Group, he, uh, uh, he kind of changed his name to Dapper Dan Midas, and more recently, kind of shortened it to just DDM, where it's like two capital D's and lowercase m. Uh, so it kind of didn't really change his name, but kind of slowly developed it uh, to what, what he goes by now. Um, but basically, there was this whole thing, um, I guess it started about two years ago, where he battled with this other guy, uh, A-Class, who's also a great battle rapper, but a totally different style. Like, like I said, uh, DDM has fun with it, and then there are guys like A Class who who who's who's a pretty pretty good rapper, like he has some good records, but he he really shines as a battle rapper, and he's just angry and merciless when he's like going at an opponent. And one thing that I've never been really thrilled with about uh, A Class is he'll tend to use slurs a lot, like homophobic mm-hmm. slurs and stuff. And basically, at this point, this was around a time when I guess there was starting to be rumors about DDM sexuality. Uh, and so when A-Class let loose the F-word at him, DDM played into it in a really hilarious way and just kind of made made his opponent so uncomfortable they basically beat him. <laughs> That's the way uh, to do it. I mean, yeah, no, it was amazing. Like, there's video of it, and basically... I mean, he kind of, DDM kind of became famous because, uh, like, someone took this video of the battle, like, put it on World Star Hip Hop, which is, like, a huge hip hop site, as kind of, like, a, under a gay rapper thing. And, and I remember at the time, I was like, 
uh, it surprised me just because I, I, I guess I don't really have any gaydar because I just didn't know that about the dude. Um, but it turned out to be true. And, and a, a year or two later, I think, or maybe like less than a year later, he decided to like officially come out with laws and, and acknowledge that in interviews and stuff, which was really cool because it, you know, it's becoming more friendly in the hip hop world now to to be gay. There's a lot of queer rappers out there now, uh, and some of them are making really great music. But still, it's like it's a stigma. You gotta you gotta you know, really think about what you're doing when you decide to, to come out. And I know that's like it's a tough decision for anyone, but you know I'm sure especially for a rapper because it's still and you know and like in a year like this year where where Frank Ocean you know kind of having kind of come out or kind of uh, uh, you know had this whole letter about uh, being in love with the man and kind of doing that on the eve of releasing an album it really made made his album as, as much of a cultural event as a musical event, uh, musical event too. So it's it's an interesting time. For us to be to be to be in that situation, and uh, and again, it's like with DDM, I don't want to pigeonhole him, and that's why I talked about how talented he was before I brought that up. But basically, he uh, he's a super talented guy, and he put out a record this year called uh, Winter in the Tin Man's Heart, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of these things. One of the one of the big trends today, especially in hip hop, is like you call your record an EP, even if it's like 40 minutes and it's got 10 songs, which most indie bands would <laughs> yeah, call an album. Yeah, I was wondering, right. I was wondering yeah. why they would do that. Mm-hmm. Everything's a mixtape, too. Yeah, well, some <laughs> things are mixtapes and some things are EPs, but but yeah, it's, it's funny. There's, there's some really good albums this year that are technically EPs, uh, and this was one of them, and, uh, and, this was, and, and it was really cool because, again, DDM being who he is and being kind of uh, a different artist right now, even in the Baltimore scene and, and on a wider level, it was really cool that he did this record where he had some some bigger guests like he had Los who was signed to Bad Boy Records now. He's like probably probably the, the best career prospect as far as Baltimore rappers these days and, and he's been putting out some good stuff lately too. Um, and he also had uh, Rai Rai who was like the first Baltimore rapper to put out a major label record this year in like 10 years. Uh, and she had a really great year too where she really, I mean, she, 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 she came at it from a different angle than a lot of other Baltimore rappers of like, you know, being a woman and being having a background in Baltimore club music, uh, and DDM has kind of embraced that too. Where like this track you'll hear break beats that are using Baltimore club music, and there's that kind of energy, and they're they're rapping really fast over fast break beats. But it's really cool to hear two people who are really great at it, like DDM and Rai Rai, get together, and they're both you know kind of challenging norms about hip hop. So so it's a really cool track, and it's called uh, Click Pal. Out, right? I was getting off the 500 parents, had the limited edition J's on, killing, smelling like T-Bar Shea or some shit. When I came in the club, they was hated. Click, click, click. Who I be? DDM, that's me, Mr. Mercedes, or the lack. Bitch, I'm custom made. Y'all hoes off the rack, busting racks. Keep my pockets fat, had me counting racks. I'm the shit, bitch, you know. That's where to let check. Trying to get into my telly, just to blowing up my celly. Playing on my phone, cause the motherfucker's jelly. Won't you fuss I in the dope? I just got my hair cut. Don't make me have to slap you. I just got my nails done. Take a picture, cause I be looking good. Catch my fever, cause I'm Through the door, working it out like a man whore. Give me my tins across the board, pow. Just give me my life, cause I'm pussy per done. Kitty cat raw, and I know you want some, but I don't give it up to the da 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 dum dums. No shade, but you can throw shade, cause why you throwing shade? Bitch, I'm getting paid and I live to be fly, fly till I die. I'm that bitch, make a grown man cry. Yeah, I go harder than a penis. No, I'm not earthly, I should be on Venus. Never been a carbon, never been a fake. I'm so cunty, that's why they can't take. And I'm banshee, motherfucker, cunt to the T. Give me my
click, click, pow. Okay, that was DDM and Rai Rai Click Pal. Um, so I notice you follow Baltimore hip hop and rap very closely, but I notice that this is the only uh, hip hop song in your top your top five. Um, is that uh, what? Why is that? Do you think that it was kind of a slow year, or do you just want to focus on different things for this? I mean, it's uh, you know, it's just not like some years. You know, a lot of my favorite Baltimore records are, are hip hop records or club music records. Partly, I just wanted to mix it up style wise with this because this is not like necessarily like my my definite top five. I was kind of picking and choosing here and there just so things wouldn't be redundant. Um, but these are definitely five five of my favorites uh, of the year. But definitely. Um, like DDM really stood out. And there were a few other records. Like my 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 favorite Baltimore hip hop record of this year might be uh, this guy Von Vargas, who did an album called World World Famous Lexington Market uh, a couple months ago. And I just interviewed him recently. Um, yeah, I mean, there's always good stuff. The the hard thing is again, I mean, to go back to you know having a family and and, and having a lot of stuff on my plate now. I used to like when I started. Um, Ran for the city paper, it kind of came off the back of doing this blog about Baltimore hip hop and club music called Government Names. And for a while, in Government Names, I was like, I would just review a hundred mixtapes a year of just local hip hop, um, and just really cover as much as I humanly could. Uh, and it just both it's harder to find the time to do that now, and it's also there's just so much now mm-hmm. because when I started. MySpace hadn't really hit yet, so you really had to like search around to find those those guys online at all, let alone get their music. And so I'd kind of have to dig around the local stores or go to the shows and pick up mixtapes and stuff. Uh, so so back then, you know, it was kind of like it was a hunt. And sometimes I was reviewing stuff just so that it would have a presence online because you know you might Google that record and find nothing. Or but if I reviewed it, then you'd at least find that, and I'd have some links, some information, and a little bit of opinion about it. Um, so now it's just, I mean, the hip hop scene still has, I feel like, organizationally and in terms of, you know, kind of figuring out what the scene wants to do. I feel like, you know, there's always work to be done as far as, you know, catching up to what other cities are doing. Um, because the town is, is here. It's just a lot of times it's what's lacking is the marketing or the positioning or, or just really just figuring out what the city likes. Um, as far as, you know, people finding an audience in the city. Because a lot of times, you know, people like Rai Rai have to kind of go out of town to find their fan base. Sure. Uh, which is which is great, but, you know, it's nice to have, like, a hometown heroes, too. Because that's, that's what a lot of hip-hop is about. It's about, you know, people really finding, be, becoming, like, the voice of their, their neighborhood or their city or something. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of different factors in, in terms of, like, I, I, I hate, as a critic, the idea that, you know, it's like, that hip hop is not an album format like rock or some other things are, because uh, there's always good stuff. But it's also, you know, when you have every track has a different producer and there's guests everywhere. I feel like when there's so many, you know, cooks in the kitchen, there's so many opportunities for it to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, it's like if the band has a vision, they can kind of get together and write the songs they want to write. Where it's like with a rapper, it's like they might be, you know, just, you know, letting letting a bunch of people contribute. Not everyone's firing on all, on all cylinders, or they might be just kind of their friends in the crew or whatever. So, you know, there's a lot of good mixtapes out there, and I definitely haven't heard them all, but there's, like, stuff like allbemorehiphop.com, which has, like, I don't know how many hundreds of mixtapes just this year alone uh, that they put out there, and there's a lot of stuff on, like, Dad Piff, and, uh, and there's some really cool hip-hop blogs now that have kind of picked up where I have not kept up as much, uh, like, Beemore's very own and True Laurel's. So there's a lot of great stuff out there, and that was just one I wanted to cherry pick, especially because DDM I've kind of known for a few years, and I really thought that this year he uh, put out a great project. All right, well, we've come to your final pick, the Jump Cuts Singular. Now, uh, did you save this for last as a favorite, or is there an order here? Uh, Why I kind of say partly because um, it'll segue to what we're talking about later, which is that I put out a little record this year, mm-hmm. and one of the people, again, like I'd said uh, earlier, showing up from War on Women, I had worked on with some stuff, and someone else I worked with was uh, Andy Shankman, who is in the band Jump Cuts. And he was just someone that I had kind of known around town for a few years, and he, he seems to know everybody. Um, and, and because his band is kind of a... Uh, 
rock with synthesizers kind of thing that is also what I had been going for. So I talked to him about like, do you want to do some vocals on this record and, and, and if you have any interest in, in being part of the live band too. And so he was totally up for that. So he, he also plays guitar in the band. Uh, but he had been working on this Jump Cuts album for a long time and uh, he uh, I had, I believe, the, the drummer from Celebration and I'm trying to remember the, the producer, but he had like a great crew working on this record, but he mostly did it himself. He like kind of patched it together in MIDI uh, and then and then kind of re-recorded it through amps. Kind of really, really, really interesting kind of like around the way process to kind of get to the sound he got on this record, which is very synthetic, but still very like, you know, kind of a rock band thing. And now when Jump Cuts play live, he actually has like a string section of like people reading sheet music, which is which is pretty wild. Um, yeah, you don't see that too much yeah. in that, uh, that genre. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Jump Cuts put out the uh, this album, Electricery, uh, earlier this year, which he had had kind of done for a while before that, and kind of knowing any, I'd heard the record. So it was cool for it to actually be out this year. And this song, Singular, I just wanted to pick out because I am constantly telling anyone, like, that's the song, man. That's like, that that should be your single that you should be pushing out there and making a video for and stuff if you were really going to aggressively, which I feel like, you know, it's always good to, for people to get feedback about what songs people like. So I'm always telling them, like, that, that, that's the song. That's yeah. what you should put out. So yeah, the song is uh, um, Singular by Jump Cuts. Thank you. 
Singular by Jump Cuts. Um, thank you so much for spending time with us, Al Shipley. Before we leave, um, I want to talk about your band, Western Blot. Uh, you had a show last night, right? Yes, we were at the Sidebar. It was our first show show. We actually, um, in January, it was my 30th birthday, and I kind of did this party at the wind-up space. I had a couple bands, uh, uh, The Water and Soul Cannon play, and then, and then we kind of did a, a little, like, four-song set of of, of the, the Western Blood stuff that I've been working on because I haven't really announced it yet at that point. So yeah, um, in the last few weeks I I booked this show at the sidebar and I and I put out uh, two song single. So yeah, basically, and we're in Mom Town Studios right now, which is where I recorded this stuff um, uh, with my old friend Matt Leffler Schulman. And it kind of started out years and years ago of me just making four track tapes of stuff, um, and I played drums in bands, uh, but nothing else. And by really just I wanted to do other stuff and write songs and experiment with keyboards. So I was making all these demo tapes, and I'd give some to Matt because he had like a home studio at that point. And so years and years ago, before he had this studio, he had like a home studio in his basement in uh, Tacoma Park, uh, Maryland. And like we'd go down there and we'd work on stuff. Uh, and then like I we we practically had almost an album's worth of instrumental stuff done years and years ago that we just never finished. And then he kind of he moved. And he never really got the home studio going again after that. So we kind of, and that was when I started really doing a lot as a writer. So it kind of like my focus moved off of that. But I was always like, I always really liked the stuff I was working on and wanted to finish it. So when he started this studio in uh, in Baltimore, um, I guess about three, four years ago, um, I just kind of was like, you know, when we're ready, we'll we'll finish this stuff. And so um, a while back, we we started to really like finish the the songs we'd started, and I had some new stuff. And uh, and I decided um, just just to do things however I wanted it. So you know, because I feel like when you're in a band now, everyone was going to tell you what you need to do. Mm-hmm. But there, every everything that people tell you you need to do as a band, there are exceptions, and there are great exceptions to that. So there's really no rules anymore. Uh, so I kind of like I did a lot of the things traditional ways, musically or whatever. But I actually put the songs together in weird backwards ways, where I'd like I literally I'd write the entire drum arrangement, and then I'd figure out the keyboard arrangement, and then I'd figure out the the lyrics and the vocals. So I'd really like you know reverse engineer an arrangement into a song. Was that difficult starting with just drums, or did you have like melodies and? I mean, some of them, some of them like some I had like time signatures that I wanted to mess with, and I'd kind of do a structure for a song. So I'd lay down this whole drum part, and then we then kind of figure out what fit. And I mean, that's a really slow way to do things, and because I had years to kind of think about this stuff, and we kind of did it at a deliberate pace, because, you know, it's like, when no one knows what you're working on, um, you know, you can just kind of work at your own pace and do it the way you want to do it. Which, when you're when you're known, you know, to take years on a record, especially if you're like, if you're living as, as being a musician, then you're looked at as like a crazy Axl Rose kind of person. Um, which, he is crazy. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, it's like famous people, they got the pressure where it's like people are waiting on a new album. Yeah. It sucks uh, if they take a long time. But it's also, you know, they if they have the time and money to do it. Whereas, you know, if you're just a person who just works on music in your spare time, you know, you get to it when you can. But yeah, it's definitely it's time consuming to like do something like that. And that's why I think with the next time around, I, I'm, I'm working on trying to like kind of start with lyrics and start with melodies because because I, now that I've kind of figured out my aesthetic and my production style uh, and and how I'm playing this stuff and recording it, 
now I feel like I can lead with the songs. Because it, it actually, it's funny because I, I, didn't, I did 90% of the music before 90% of the lyrics were written. So the, the, the later period of working on this record was when it kind of became songs to me. And that's why they kind of, they feel very songful to me now. They don't, and I hope that they don't sound to someone like, oh, they just kind of threw some stuff over top of it after they did the music. Um, but yeah, basically I invited, I, I did a little singing on the record, but I invited people that I liked uh, or whose voices I thought would fit songs uh, or I wanted to work with. So again, we had um, Shauna from More Women's own sound song that uh, will be on the album being released next year. Um, and Andy sings a couple songs. And we also had um, one of the people that sang with us last night a couple songs, uh, Kathleen Wilson from The Lights and Arrows, who are a cool punk band. And I, I really love the, uh, the song that I put out um, on the single with Kathleen, uh, Button Masher. But I wanted to kind of, because when you do an A side and a B side, people always hear more of the A side. So I was like, I thought it'd be cool to do the B side uh, for the podcast um, of this song, Child of Divorce, which is one of the songs I did with them. Scott Siskin, who's in a band called Vinny Vegas, who are another band I've seen live and I really like, but they still haven't done a record. They're, I mean, they've done some EPs and stuff, but I think he said, he told me they're finally going to try to do a full one this next year. So that's one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. Great. All right, well, let's take a listen. Child of Divorce by Western Blot. So what's next for the band? What? Um, basically, I'm, um, you know, we're, we just did our first show, and so I'm looking forward to doing some, some more st- shows. And I definitely wanted to, it's not a very long record. The, the album's basically done. I just need to get it mastered, kind of mm-hmm. get the artwork sorted out. So, you know, at some point in the, in the coming, you know, hopefully six to eight months, 
the album will be out. But I like I like the idea of kind of running up to and doing some of these single releases, and I'm going to do a compilation track because uh, because a lot of times um, great bands in Baltimore, it seems like they just the record's done and they can't wait to put it out, and so they don't really build up. Which I mean, the way the way the music industry and the way I feel like music fans work now, it's like you know sometimes people can discover a record for you know over a period of time after it's out, but I feel like it's good to, it's good to like put singles out there and let people hear stuff, and especially because this project has different voices and really different sounds from track to track. I was like, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of let people hear two songs at once for the first single so that they know it's not the same sound on every track, the same singer. Um, yeah, I just want to kind of keep keep people guessing a little bit, not, not know exactly what the project's going to be until they hear the album. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and I, I might do some more, some more kind of little, little other projects around this uh, as the album comes. And if people want to take a listen, are those online? Or? Yeah, we have uh, at Bandcamp. So if you go to westernblot.bandcamp.com, it's the two song single is uh, Button Masher and the song we just played, Child of Divorce. Great. Well, thanks so much, Al, for um, talking with me, coming into Mobtown, and I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was great, great to do this. Thank you. <laughs>